Hi and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 87 is an interview and discussion with Luke Nelson, chiropractor at Health and High Performance. In this episode, we discuss the issue that many runners face, plantar fasciitis or PF. This is the second in what is a series of interviews related to the injuries runners face. I'm sure you will find this series extremely helpful and informative. If you are like the majority of runners, you may feel like you are constantly beset with niggles, a euphemism for injuries, that take away from your joy of running. As you can tell from these podcasts, Luke is extremely knowledgeable about the issues runners face. He will help you get back to your running best, if not even better. Luke treats the root of the problem, not just the symptoms. So if you're sick of niggles, come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance, where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you get back to your running best. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run to book an appointment and ensure you can run strong and free. You can also find them on Instagram, Health High Performance. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate the people who take the time out of their day to get onto Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. I read all of the reviews and they sure do inspire me to keep working on it. Thanks so much. If you enjoy this episode, please do go on over and rate and review. If you find that post-lockdown your training lacks structure and focus, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. I can help you with a structured, individualised plan that takes into account your life and your running needs. Enjoy the interview with Luke. Well, hi Luke and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast once again. Thank you. Yes, good to be back for, for the third time then. That's so, right. All right, all right. All right. You're a regular and, and that will continue to be so because there's so many running injuries yeah. that we can go to, sadly. Unfortunately, yes. Yes. Um, now, the next one that we are planning on talking about is uh, one that plagues many a runner, plantar fasciitis. Can okay. you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so so today's talk, we're going to talk about um, plantar fasciitis, or otherwise known as plantar heel pain, and, and we'll talk about some of the, the names it's also, also known as. Um, but firstly, what is the, we talk about just to give everyone a good understanding of, of what the plantar fascia is. But basically what the plantar fascia is, is you've got your, uh, got your foot and there's a, a sheath of, of the big sheath, a big ligament, if you like, underneath the, the underside of the foot there. And what its job is to, to provide support uh, and, and also to, to help um, uh, store and release energy there as well. So it's quite, it does a, a, a huge role to play. Obviously, a lot of force goes through our, our feet when we're running. So the plantar fascia is really important for uh, for that stability and that uh, that load transfer from the foot right up and through the uh, and through the leg. Um, we also know that the the actually the calf and the Achilles are continuous with the, the plantar fascia as well. So the calf and the Achilles come down, wrap around there, and, and attach into that and become continuous with that plantar fascia. So there's some some interaction that we have between. And last time on our last talk, we spoke about uh, about calf injuries, and there's yeah. certainly some similarities in managing these with the uh, with the, the plantar fascia as well so, because you'll often find someone with plantar fasciitis tends to have tight cans yeah ab- absolutely and that is also something we're going to we're going to discuss yeah. as well but that is something definitely we, we find so um so as you mentioned before and and, and with the, the name plantar fasciitis it goes by many different names and, and that includes uh policeman's heel heel spur syndrome subcalcaneal pain joggers heel plantar fasciitis as we said Plantar fasciopathy, which is another term that we tend to use, okay. um, and plantar fasciosis. So we tend to sort of put everything in, in the and call it plantar heel pain. It's just just easier, um, and uh, and so that's what we will. I'll refer it to, but you can call it whatever you like. But uh, <laughs> as long as our, our listeners know that 
that we're talking about the same thing. That's, yeah. uh, that's it. Um, so some of the symptoms that we find with with um, with plantar heel pain. So it, it's typically people will say, "Oh, it's a pain underneath underneath my heel." Um, usually at the at the right at the ball of the foot there. So if we've got our, our skeleton here, it's usually right down the down the base here. Often yeah. a little bit more on the inside of the heel as well. So they'll sort of point with a, a finger down there. But often a lot of people can have pain that spreads down their feet. So we can see on the on the uh, image here. We can see that a lot of people actually experience pain traveling traveling down the feet there. So mostly the, the predominant pain is around the around the heel, but some some it can actually go down the heel. Um, then we can also see quite typically this is the, the sort of pain that people will get first thing in the morning. So they wake up out of bed in the morning. It's like oh, yeah, it takes me takes me a few steps to, to get going and, and, and loosen things off. Uh, same thing also applies after after being sitting for, for a long period of time as well. So if they've sat down for a while and they go to stand up and, and it's like, oh, it takes a few steps to, to warm up. Um, so that's quite uh, quite some of the, the common characteristics that people will feel. So if you're, you're listening and you're saying, oh, yeah, tick, 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 that's me, this is like what we're, uh, what we're dealing with. So, but a couple of other things we must consider and, and, and uh, always important that we, we do get a diagnosis so we know exactly what we're dealing with. And, and some of the other things that it can be around that area are things like a, a fat paddy rotation, which is like a, a cushioning on the underside of our heel. So that can be irritated in, in some people. Can also be a nerve involvement there as well. Uh, and then it can also be a dreaded stress fracture. So they're the other ones. Fortunately, not as common as what the what the, the plantar heel pain is, um, but um, but certainly things that we need to what we need to consider with those. Now, one of the things and, and one of the names you saw we mentioned earlier on that this is known as is, is a heel spur syndrome. And, and, and a lot of people will come to us and say, oh yeah, I've I've got a heel, I've got a heel spur, or I've been diagnosed with a heel spur. So what we know about that is that, that heel spurs are relatively common. So 12% of the population have got them. Um, we know that they're more likely seen in those with other sort of conditions. So if they've got osteoarthritis or other low limb pain, they're, they're more likely to have them. Okay. But they're not necessarily the culprit. So because you've got the heel spur, it doesn't mean that that's why you've got pain. And quite often we find that and because you know 12% of people have got, have got these, a lot of those are not even got pain. Yeah. Uh, and then we find sometimes with, with those people that come in with plantar heel pain and they've got a heel spur, the pain goes away, the heel spur remains. And so yeah. the heel spur, we never really worry about that. So people yeah. sort of can sometimes say, oh, I've been diagnosed with heel spur and you know, I've got this big bone growing out there. And thinking that the only way to heal it is to get that, that's an operation, get that shaved off. Exactly right. And, and, and often what we find with that, so with that heel spur is it's actually the, the body sort of laying in some bone to try and sort of strengthen that area around there as well. Okay. So it's giving some, giving sort of some support in around that. So where that, that uh, plantar fascia attaches into that, into the heel. So yeah, we don't tend to worry about that. So for all our listeners and viewers out there that have been told this, don't panic about the, uh, about the heel spur. It's more the, uh, the, the plantar fascia that we want to, uh, we want to work on. That's good to know. So now we're going to work into, we're going to talk about some of the, some of the things that, that you can do uh, at home and that, that we often will give our, our patients to, um, to for, for rehab and, and to, yeah. uh, to treat things. So firstly, strong feet. And I think it makes, it's pretty common sense um, that uh, you know, this plantar fascia is, is supporting the underside of the foot, but we've got a whole heap of muscles there on the underside of the foot that do exactly, exactly that. Um, and, and runners, I mean, we're on our feet. It, it makes sense to have strong feet. We spoke about strength like last year mm. and how important it is so yeah. exactly so so getting that gets strengthened through those those uh smaller muscles in the feet there yeah. can be really important in fact in in uh children's 2016 study they found that um that those with plantar fascia issues uh, and plantar heel pain 
had a, a loss of volume in those in those muscles compared to to matched controls, and this was yeah. done in, in a running running population as well too. So so they found that that the volume and, and a decrease in muscle volume is is associated with decreased strength. So that they actually were you know you could could apply that they were weaker in those uh, those foot muscles. So how what's some things that you can you can do at home? So one of the things that uh, that are, are some good tests that I like to get people to do at home. Uh, what's called toe spreads and so what that involves and this is also referred to as toe yoga but actually just simply spreading your toes and you can see in the video oh, okay. there but uh, it's just trying to spread those toes apart and some people just look at their feet and there's absolutely nothing yes, happening there um, and, yeah. uh, and one of the, the things is that because we are in, in shoes or for a lot of us in shoes all of the time we haven't learned we've, we've lost that skill of being yeah. able to to spread and, and use those smaller muscles of the uh, of the feet there. So that's one one test that we use. The other test as well, we can see in that video is alternating the toes. So we can sort of go oh, okay. big toe up in the air and remaining toes up in the air and alternating that back and forth and getting that yeah. getting that control. And again, some people find that really tricky and, and challenging, but it, it, it can be it can be attained. It's like like a lot of things. You just got to I've got to practice it and get that get that strength there. Um, I like the toe spread exercise uh, as well as a, as a rehab. So that's just, you know, spreading the toes as wide as you can. What that tends to do is it tends to activate um, the, the inside muscle of the, of the foot there. It's called the abductor hallucis brevis. But basically, it, it serves a really important role in supporting that arch and, and therefore yeah, okay. the plantar fascia. Yeah. So the plantar fascia is cranky and, and, and irritated and it's being overworked. Well, how about we give some support to those muscles, you know, build yes. up those muscles of the foot and, and give that plantar fascia some, some support there. So, so I like the, uh, the toe spreads there. Um, the other ones, there's other exercises that we, we use there as well too. This is going to go through. Oh, this is going on video. Yeah, on. There we go. Um, so the toe yoga, as I said, those, those alternating toe ones. Banded toe flexion. So we can use the, use the band yeah. there and put a band around the, the big toe and try to push that down into the ground. Put some bands around the remaining toes and push that down into the ground there as well. And then calf raise splits. So what that is, is and the video I just showed before, but basically raising up on, on both feet on your tiptoes and then you sort of spin your, your heels out, lower down, and you sort of keep spinning your feet in and out and, and raising up and down. So it gets the calves working at the same time, um, and but also those, uh, those, those small muscles of the, uh, of the feet. Then another one that we can, another exercise that we can use is, is what's called a modified calf raise. Um, and what this involves is getting either a rolled up towel so you stand on a stand on a step like you would do, normally do a, a calf raise and get a towel and put it underneath the toes. So it's okay. underneath the toes there. Uh, the other thing that you can use is you can actually use one of these, these devices here called a, a fasciitis spider. And you can see in the image there. But these are these are just a, a simple bit of foam that's got a bump in them. And basically your foot rests on, on, on this part and then your toes go onto the bump. So what that's yeah. doing is it's essentially forcing, forcing the toes up into an upward position and what that does is that creates an activation of this uh got puts a greater strain through that uh, through that plane of fascia so what we do is we either use one of these devices there underneath the toes or we use the rolled up towel underneath the, the toes there and then we slowly go up into our calf raises so you know three seconds up yeah. pause at the top for two seconds slowly lower down to three seconds and then and then pause there again so nice and nice and slow However you want to go, we actually want to go quite heavy on these. So for and, and in the program that was used, so you would add weight. Yeah, definitely, definitely mm -hmm. add weight. So um, the, the one of the, the, the studies that looked at this um, was by Michael Raffleff, and they they had a program which is what what uh, we, we're putting up through here. So in weeks one and two, you'll do twelve reps, yeah. um, but 
but weighting it so that you're not able to get past 12. So you're getting yeah. a 12 is like, yep, I'm done uh, for three sets. And then weeks three and four, you go drop it down. So you, you've got a 10, a 10 rep max. And so you're adding more weight on there to make it heavier, uh, but going for four sets. So adding a bit more work into, into that there as well. Uh, how we can add weight to that, where we can put either weight in a backpack or we can carry some books. And so there's lots of different ways, lots of different ways that we can, we can do that there. Uh, and then in the, the fifth week and fifth week and beyond, we're again dropping the reps down to eight. We're adding more weight on there and also adding another, uh, another, another set on that there as well. And keep doing that as you get stronger. Yeah, that can be done. That can be done every day. Um, okay. And I usually tend to prefer though every every other day, every yeah. second day with that because Just especially to give it going some time. exactly yeah. right because we're going heavier as well. You know, you yeah. can really really fatigue things. The added bonus with the exercise too is that you're getting a good workout through the car. So now, should you do those before or after a run? So or at a completely separate time. Well, yeah, really good question. So what what people find is that they um, especially if they get that that pain early in the run um, and they're sort of like, oh, I'm really hobbling for the first K or two. Yeah. This is a, it can actually be a really good thing to do at the start and it really gets Unless us warmed up. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so this is where this exercise in itself can actually give people some good pain relief. Yeah. The other thing we can do with this exercise is we can turn it into what's called an isometric. Okay, So basically an isometric means you don't move. So an yeah. isometric hole. So what you can do is get in the same position. So have the rolled up towel underneath the toe there on the step. And then you raise up just a slight fraction. So just raise up a little bit, yeah. still holding your weight and hold that position there and try and hold that for, you know, even, even as high as 45 seconds, but usually around yeah. sort of 30 yeah. seconds yeah. and holding that there. And that can actually, again, give some good pain relief. So, so you can either go with the, uh, my preference is usually with the raises um, yeah. first, because, and, and then if that doesn't give the pain relief, try with the isometrics and if they do then great then you can you can yeah. stick with that uh, stick with those before you run but i would still prefer to strengthen through range with, with doing a raise so that's a that's a really good point because yeah you can it can really help to to get people you know start the day off well you can do these yeah. in the morning get things feeling better and uh and then and then not be hobbling through the uh, through the morning so always nice not to hobble well it is yeah, <laughs> absolutely that's right so then we've got another thing that, that also that um, Michael Rathleth looked at in his study was a particular type of stretch. And what we do with this, uh, this, this plantar fascia stretch is you simply have the foot up on your other knee. So you're sitting, sitting cross-legged and you basically grab your big toe and just yank it back as, as far as you can. And, and what you can see on, on the, uh, the image through here, but you'll, see, you'll actually see the plantar fascia become a bit more yeah. prominent and it actually sticks out a bit. And, uh, and you feel that's where we sort of want to feel the stretch. So really pulling that toe back there and, uh, and we're holding that for, for 10 seconds uh, and repeating that 10 repetitions and doing that three times a day. Now, that was the protocol that's used in the study. So it's quite a lot. So, you know, you're doing yeah, it, yeah. you know, 100, 100 seconds and, and doing that three times a day. So it does take up a bit more time than what the, what the, uh, the strengthening does with those, uh, those modified calf raises. So we sort of look at it and think, well, should we strengthen or should we stretch? Which one, which one yeah. should we do? Now, Firstly, you can do both if you want. Yeah. But in order to save time, Michael Rathleth looked at comparing these two. What he found is he found that the strength group did better in the short term. They did better at, at sort of three months. But later on down the track at six and 12 months, they were actually similar improvements. So it's okay. sort of the, it's sort of the same. Time. Exactly right. So yeah. it can come down to can come down to preference, like what, what you feel, you know, what feels better for you as well. Is it, do you feel better with that yeah. the stretch? Or does it feel better doing those, those raises? Okay, can yeah, I ask, doing this. Would, would doing the strength though be more of a preventative for it happening again? 
and that's the other thing too. That's where we've also got to look at the added benefits that yeah. go along with that. So with the stretching, you know, it's fairly isolated to the plantar fascia. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a little bit of a stretch with the big toe. So perhaps if you're lacking some mobility into that big toe, it's a good one to do. But if you're you're wanting to, you know, the added bonus of building some calf strength, and who couldn't, you know, who couldn't get more calf? Who yes. doesn't need more calf strength? Um, is is then opting for the for the the, the heavy slow raising, and that that's usually my preference. Yeah, is I'll try and move I'm people sure. to that. Yeah. If it's someone that's fairly inactive, and you know they, they don't really want to be doing uh, you know any exercise, which I'm, I'm you know always <laughs> trying to push them towards, uh, and fortunately, hopefully none of our, our listeners are today. Um, but yeah, always trying to sort of go towards the, the strength side of things yeah. to get that. And, and obviously, if they've got a loss of strength, half strength as well, well, then they can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. So so prefer the strength. Now, as we, we spoke about on our last one, and I mentioned this image, yes. and I forgot to put it in, so I just had to slide into this one. But uh, <laughs> it is but it's one. yeah, running running so important for the uh, for the calf. So, and as you mentioned early on, you know, and, and that that calf coming down into the Achilles and attaching yeah. to the plantar fascia, really important work on the calf strength. And you can sort of refer back to our, our previous uh, previous episode we did yes. talking about some of the exercises that can be done for the uh, for the calf because they do they are the most most common uh, most. Uh, and the, the, the muscle that does the most work in running. Can I muscles. ask a question? Normally when people are, uh, talk about their plantar fasciitis, they talk about having to roll their foot on the bottle of frozen water. Yeah. You haven't got that in there. Well, no, you're, you're preempting me here. We've got, oh. uh, we're, we're getting there. But, okay, uh, sorry. So, yeah, so that's right. It's, um, in a couple of slides time, we'll, okay. we'll get there. Um, no, the, um, so the other thing that we want to do as well is also we want to be addressing plyometrics. So yes. we mentioned that, uh, you know, with, with uh, strength and, and going, going, again, going back to our, our previous episode, but you can see on this, this image here, the requirements on, and this is the Achilles, but it does also apply down into the uh, into the foot there in the plantar fascia. Um, when we run, you know, doing just doing simple calf raises isn't enough to replicate those yeah. forces that, that are needed there. So we need to be doing things like jumping, skipping, hopping, pogo jumps, another good one, bounding, uh, and uh, yeah, so a few. And, few and how often would we should someone be doing those? Plyometrics, we tend to just keep it at once a week. So yeah. prefer to keep that uh, just once because that they are they are more load on, on there. Yes. And they need to be done at a certain point. I mean, when people are coming in with a really raging and sore uh, plantar fascia, you're not going to get them doing a lot of skipping no. and jumping to begin with. There's there's certain time, I mean, there's, there's lower level plyometrics and pulses are a good one. We, we yeah. spoke about that last time, which is basically doing calf raises, but just at the faster speed. Um, so the um, that's a, a one that you can introduce early, but yeah, you need to be at a certain level to introduce uh, introduce these in. But yeah, just once a week, once a week with those okay. ones. Yeah, low die taping is something that I that I use quite so quite a bit, and that can be a really good one for for especially when they're they're quite you know a really acute stage and they're really sore. So it's a particular type of taping that we apply, and it's probably easier to well for our, our listeners on the podcast to refer back to. Uh, uh, we can either post a link or or, um, or refer to the, uh, the the Facebook live that we're doing there. It's mm. got an image of, of the taping. It's really easy. Uh, something I'll instruct uh, all all my plantar plantar heel pain patients how to do themselves at home, so okay. they can actually take their foot up for a run. And and some it can actually result in in quite significant relief for. Um, and uh, so that's a good and, one. And to, the, to you know, know a lot of the tape that's popular at the moment is um, you know similar to rock tape and yep. those sorts of things. Can that be used? Yeah, for this? Can, yeah, yeah, it can okay. be. You can use the rock tape. You can use the dynamic tape. You can use the the rigid strapping tape. So. Yeah. Any of those. My preference is usually more towards the more rigid ones. That's what, I, would, it does that's what give, I was asking. Yeah, but it, but it does work. I, I do use, you especially yeah, yeah, especially for those that 
because uh, the problem with one of the problems with rigid tape is you, you can't leave it on the foot for, for a yeah, long period true. of time. Yeah. Whereas with the stretchy tape, the kinesio type tape, you can often leave that on for days. And yeah. so if it's something that we really want, we want people to be doing quite a bit of, then that's why sometimes I'll opt for the stretchy tape. Yeah. Not as much support, but it, but it, um, but it can stay on for longer and yeah. and, uh, and give and it won't irritate the skin. So so yeah. that's a yeah, good question. You can use use alternate tapes there. Then we've got our other, and here we go. This is okay. uh, this is in the massaging through there. So we've got our calf stretching. You mentioned before, you know, quite often, and we see that a lot too. Those with plantar fascia issues often have stiff ankles and, yeah. and stiff calves, and often a loss of range there. And a number of research studies have also supported that too. So that's something that, that, we, that we will give um, for those that are lacking that mobility. Yeah. Um, so you know, we do our knee to wall test, which yeah. uh, we may have discussed before, but basically trying to you know get that drive that knee over the toes and, and see see what that range of movements like there. So if we're finding that people are quite stiff through that, yeah. then we'll get them uh, to be doing some doing some stretching. Uh, then we've got our self massage. So this is what you know the, the frozen the frozen coke bottle, uh, the massage ball through there. I just I'm 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 sort of I find I have a little concern with the coldness. Does that not stiffen up the muscle? Uh, no, it doesn't. But the cold, where the coldness, yeah, where, where the coldness works is it, it just it just numbs the area. So yeah. it actually gives you know it's more for pain relief. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, so something sore, you put some ice on it, it makes it feel a bit better. Um, the massage ball, yes, you definitely can roll in through that yeah. uh, through that that underside of the foot there. Just sticking around the media point don't go around where the, the sore point is right yeah, at the heel yeah, yeah don't run around that because that will tend that? To, it'll just annoy it's, it's yeah. already annoyed as it is and so yeah. so i tend to just recommend just going into the meaty part of the arch just rolling rolling around yeah. through that and you can use anything there's a golf ball is a common one as well too golf ball massage ball spiky ball um you know what about theraguns yeah theraguns as well too same applies okay. with that so that's all fine to use the gun on the underside of the foot there but just staying away from where that where that's uh, that, that footing inserts into there uh then we've got a foot orthosis now foot, a foot orthosis or foot orthotics um i don't tend to uh, when people are in a really acute stage it's often not a good time to be putting something in the shoe there because uh, in, in terms of an orthotic, because it, it actually can sort of press up into that area and it's mm. often not well tolerated in the early stage. Yeah. Later on down the track, and if there's something that's quite recurrent and, and chronic, then this is where, where a, you know, foot orthosis can be quite useful. And I've heard of people having heel raises. Is that a similar thing or something different? Heel raises we don't tend to use as much for um, for this. Oh, okay. uh, you can use, if there's if there's some involvement at the fat pad, which you can have multiple things happening at once. Mm. You can have, you know, plantar heel pain and also at the fat pad involvement. That's when you can use a heel cup. can actually yeah. work quite well for that or, or a gel insert. A gel yeah. insert there to provide a bit of pushing. That's more to relieve the pain than anything, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. And that's more, we use that more for um, more for the, the back pad than we do yeah. for, the, for, that, okay. for that tendon that it can insert down through there. So don't tend to use that as as much. Um, for the Achilles, yeah. yes, we will put a, put a heel lift ah, in for, okay. for that. That's, yeah, that's right, more for the Achilles. So that might be something we'll talk about in the, yes. in, the, in the coming one. That's another common injury Same there. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then shoe wear as well too. So, and this is often the discussion that we'll have with the with the runner about what they're currently wearing. Um, you know, maybe they've, they've transitioned to into a, a different type of shoe a bit too quickly, uh, and so we might need to you know to look at look at ways around that. Generally, I, I don't tend to if someone's been using the same type of shoe for a while and they've got this condition, I'm a bit hesitant to change shoe wear immediately straight away because you can. Uh, you can put too much stress on, on that yeah. area. So I'll tend to sort of look at other areas to begin with and look at things like strength and, and things to yeah. work on. And, and then we can then look at uh, address the shoe wear and see what's appropriate for that individual. So, I mean, generally when you get planter, it's from increasing the load too quickly as mm -hmm. opposed to the, the shoe it's 
sell. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about with our runners and having a really good good discussion about in that, you know, what, what triggered this to begin with. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it often is a change in load. So it might have been that they've just ramped up their mileage or they had a quiet week and then they went back yeah. too quickly. Um, or they were in lockdown and only able to run once, one hour a day and yeah. then they went bang. We're free and yeah. off we go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they've come back from another injury and then they've, you yes. know, they've, 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 they've resumed too quickly there. They've done a lot of downhill running because that is a lot of oh, downhill okay. running, especially is a lot of, lot of impact on the, uh, on the, 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 yeah. the so um, with that. Trail and ultra runners take yeah. note. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, they're sort of some of the common triggers. Shoe wear triggers. Uh, will be if someone's gone for a more minimalist type of shoe and then that can do it or barefoot like coming into yeah. summer as well people yes. now it's like break out the thongs and they yeah, start wearing the thongs and so it is often something we'll see after a uh, you know people have been up to a trip a holiday up to Queensland and you know it usually happens mid-winter uh, yeah. they go up to Queensland they wear thongs for a week they're walking around they come back with these plantar heel pain yeah, um, because okay. their, their feet just aren't used to it you know thongs can actually be quite good to strengthen the uh, yeah, strengthen yeah. the feet um, but you've got to be ready for them and you've got to, you know, transition in them much like you would with any other shoe wear. So, so train to wear your thongs. Train to wear your thongs, exactly <laughs> right. With summer coming up now, that's uh, just gradually, gradually, uh, gradually bring them on. Yeah. Uh, then we've got into our into our others as well. So we've got things like um, shockwave. Shockwave is a is a type of uh, type of, of treatment that can be used. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing this is for more chronic cases. Yeah. It's, it's again like for, for the acute ones. These aren't usually my my go tos. Yeah. Um, we usually try and go for these these other options first. Um, shockwave is it doesn't do anything to build strength in, into yeah. the foot. There, it does help to sort of quiet and settle these down, as do some of these other inter interventions here. So things like anti-inflammatories. Uh, injections as well uh, and yeah so those those sort of three things I don't tend to use as much to, yeah. to manage these if yeah. they're really if the pain is really predominantly and it's just not going away with, with everything then that's when we can look into these other things or if we've got a, a race that's coming up and we just need to get this, this under control yeah. and we just need to pull out all the stops um, but it's it's not usually my, my, my go-to things to, uh, to, to, to do all those. Yeah. Um, especially the injections. It's fortunately yes. very few that we would have to, yeah. I would have had to send off to uh, to have, have injected. And the worst case, you know, surgery, but touch wood, never had any that yeah. I've had to, uh, had to send off for, uh, for surgery there. Then we've got our return to finishing up now. We've got our, our return to So return obviously to yeah. in saying that then with return to running, yeah. um, is, is your implying that you have definitely deloaded? Yeah. But not stop running. Would you stop someone completely? It depends. So if we've got so if if, if someone is able to uh, and, and and like a lot of a lot of these running conditions, if, if someone's got a, a fairly stable pain that it's at a you know a four or five out of ten, yeah. uh, then then we can keep them uh, keep them going. Uh, if we're finding it's wearing up above that, or yes. it's you know they're waking up the next day feeling really sore, so that four or five out of ten applies when they're doing the run, but it also applies the day after and, and, and yeah. that evening as well. So if they're waking up the next day and it's, it's really really sore, well then we need to we need to be modifying the running yeah. load. So so tweaking the running loads is is a big part of, of yes. what this and, and and also communication with the with the coach is, is really important as well to you know collectively and collaboratively work together. To, to how we can get this, you know, how we can keep this runner running because that's always my preference. If we can try yes. and keep the runner going and try and keep them doing something, it's, you know, fortunately, it's it's not that common to have to say, now look, you need to stop. Sometimes yeah. they get really bad and, you know, people can't even walk. So yeah. it's like, well, if you can't walk, then, you know, yeah, you're not going to be able to, not yeah. gonna be able to run. So yeah. so um, sometimes it gets to that, but fortunately, most of the time, we can keep them, keep them running okay. through it. Um, and some testing to do, so, you know, some tests at home, um, a, a test I like, uh, which from uh, from Tom Groom called a run tolerance test. So 
basically, you know, do a run, see how far you can get keeping the pain at a four or five out of 10, making sure that it doesn't go above that, that for the next day. Uh, and then you then use, you know, decrease 10% of this and then you actually then run that again. And so that, that can be your run. So you sort of work out, okay, what's my limit? Back off from that a little bit. Let's run with that and then gradually, yeah. gradually progress from there. So the running loads are really, really important. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's something we're often tweaking for the runner on their run all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's that sort it. of covers, yeah, that covers, and, covers and a lot there. And just going through this makes uh, it more clear to me that you really need to say something about this because thinking you can just run through it on your own often um, you, you don't deload enough. You don't, um, mm. I, I just think it's it's really important to, to get it looked at. Yeah, that's right. And then like we said, in, you know, in, in the previous one, cast range, you know, we don't just want to rest these things. You no, know, it's not just right. a matter of, oh yeah, I'm just going to sit back and wait for it to go away because yeah. you get deconditioning, you get yeah. weakness around there. You're not addressing what, what happened in the first place, whether it was a training error or whether it was, you know, whether it was strength related. Yeah. So really making sure you take action on it and, and yeah. get it, get a plan, work out how to, uh, how to get through this and, and how to keep you running and stop you from stop it from becoming a you know a chronic recurrent cycle. Yeah. All righty. So if you are feeling any of those symptoms, make sure you go and get it checked out. Um, and that way you can get back to running painfully sooner rather than later. Anyway, thank you very much, Luke. We really appreciate your time. Thanks again, Israel. Thank you. If you want more information on Planter, there is a link in the show notes to a blog by Luke on this topic. I hope you are finding this series informative. If you would like a particular topic covered, email me, Isabel, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au or comment on the Peak Endurance Coaching Facebook page or Instagram page. Have a great week of training and racing if you're lucky enough.